Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Dead center of the work week. Here we are. We've summited the mountain, if you will. And coming off of a holiday week, I know it can hurt a little bit. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Still to come, Micah Parsons on the edge. He loves to weigh in on the top storylines coming out of an NFL weekend. And I really love to hear what he has to say. Maybe a little more with Tiger Woods. Interesting to see him back and ready to play golf again in the Bahamas. Uh, We've got some QB news, but just over a half hour away, your chance to ask Amy anything part of the Hump Show on a weekly basis. And you're running out of chances in 2023. So use our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or the Facebook page. Yes, the photos of the charred and burnt pie are up on both social media sites. Some dude just responded with, oh, it's not nearly as bad as you made it out to be. Well, that's because you didn't smell it or see the fire or try to taste the pie, having to break through the upper shell. He actually said I should serve it like that and just put whipped cream over the top of it. No. Forget the pack, the fact that the crust was a ring of black char. You can't serve it no, like that. No, you can't Come serve on. it like that. That's insane. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So send your questions for Ask Amy. We're a half hour away. And if you have wedding questions, we will be recording a brand new video version of Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle with a holiday flair. We're a full service operation, peeps. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. It's toll free, 855-212-4CBS. I had a chance to catch up with a brand new Hall of Famer. Here on the show, we love to host Hall of Famers of every ilk. This one happens to be from Canton, connecting with a brand new one courtesy of the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds we work with on a yearly basis here on After Hours. Longtime wide receiver Steve Largent played his entire career in Seattle, hauled in 100 touchdown passes. He was enshrined in 1995, but now he partners with Gridiron Greats, the organization Mike Ditka started to help forgotten NFL vets. Really cool to connect with Steve. You remind me, Steve, because you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of some photos that I saw over the weekend. Friends of mine who live in the great state had snow. Pretty jealous. But thinking that we're about to get into the month of December, what was it like to play in the elements in wintertime when you were in the league? Well, it was always uh, it was always a challenge. I mean, in, in Seattle, of course, we had the dome, so we didn't have to worry about it on any of our home games. But uh, when we'd go to Kansas City or Denver in particular, uh, we were always concerned about when we were playing those teams, uh, whether they were going to be in the first half of the year or the, the last half of the year. And if they were in the last half, it was always a it was a long day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, particularly as a receiver when you're running and, 
you know, making cuts and those kinds of things, trying to catch a football. Uh, and it's gonna, if the football is going to be wet or if it's going to be snowy and it's going to be, uh, you know, just a mess, uh, you know, you really, I mean, you start eyeballing that schedule uh, pretty closely uh, as soon as it comes out. Does it hurt when you catch it? Because I've heard kickers say that in the elements when it's super cold, the football can feel like a rock when they kick it. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard them say that too. I was a holder, but uh, I've heard them say that. Yeah, it, it can it can have some effect on receivers as well. Uh, and it just depends on your quarterback and how hard he throws the ball and uh, the kind of route you're running and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I would say I played 14 years in the National Football League and and I can only think of one game that we played in that I didn't want to be on that field, and that was that was actually in Kansas City, uh, and it was like it was like a late September, early October game, and uh, it was rainy and it was cold. It wasn't snowing, uh, but it was rainy and cold, and you were wet, and you just wanted to get off that field as quickly as you could. <laughs> Obviously, now the month of December and then into January staring us in the face, and it's pretty incredible to me how everything is so packed in, especially in the AFC. What is it like to get late in the season and every snap, every game, it matters so much because you're running out of time in the season? Absolutely, I, and, and, and players uh, know that, coaches know that, uh, the front office knows that, and you know, you know by the by the midpoint of the season, they're well past that. Uh, you know if you're going to make a run or not uh, for the playoffs, and uh, those teams that are are going to make a run, uh, they better get serious. And and for the most part, uh, they are, and and they they uh, focus in. You really do you can determine which teams are going to make it, and which teams aren't going to make it. Uh, by that by that halfway point of the season, so you find those guys that are that, that feel like they have a chance for the playoffs, uh, really amping up their game and and uh, playing really well. We're excited to have a few minutes with Hall of Fame wide receiver Steve Largent, who went on to a successful political career representing the state of Oklahoma. And now with us today, courtesy of the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund, which we'll talk about. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I'd love to get your insight about what it's like to change quarterbacks midseason. So this year we've seen 50 different quarterbacks start games, a lot of injuries, obviously a ton of rookies. So when you're a veteran receiver and you're changing quarterbacks once, maybe twice during a season. How do you adjust? It, it is. It's difficult. Uh, you know, I would say that for most of my career, in most games, uh, we had the quarterback, you know, our, our starting quarterback was playing and uh, was not injured. We didn't have very many injuries uh, in Seattle for whatever reason. Uh, and that was a huge plus for our offense to have the same guy calling plays, uh, and uh, executing plays uh, that that you have the whole year, and that really makes a huge difference for a team. And when when you have to substitute a a, a quarterback in, you know, even halfway through the season, or now they're three quarters of the way through the season, it's really hard. It's hard to to to, to adjust to another quarterback snap count, to another the way the quarterback calls the plays, uh, the way the quarterback adjusts uh, and, and makes uh, alternative plays when he snapped the ball, uh, that, that makes it really hard on a team. And, and you know, some teams can uh, do that and, uh, you know, they accept that burden and, and they carry it very well. But there's most teams don't. Uh, and so, if I, if, I mean, if I was a betting guy and I was <laughs> saying, you've got, you got a year-round starter in this team 
and you got you got a second team quarterback on this team, which one's going to win the game? And it's halfway through the season, like we are right now, or more. Uh, I'd always take the the guy, the starting quarterback, uh, and never the backup guy because the backup guy is a backup for a reason. We're definitely seeing the changes at quarterback affect a lot of the teams that we thought would be contenders. You miss very few games during your career. We see guys go down with injuries every week. Some are non-contact. Some are because of the contact. Any secrets? I think, number one, it was a real a huge blessing to me to be able to play as many games as I did for that long a time. Uh, and I didn't really have a serious injury until – like 1984, 85, and I, I I I fractured my arm, and so I was out on the uh, I was out of, out of the game for six weeks that particular season. But uh, so I was very fortunate. Number one, number two, I really worked out hard in the off season, and I think that uh, oftentimes your work in the off season is reflected uh, in the the way, the amount of time you can play in the game uh, when the regular season hits. But the biggest part was just I, I was I was surely blessed. When you look around the NFL, it certainly does seem as though the rules have tilted the game in favor of the offense. We hear that from a lot of analysts who played previously. Uh, when you watch the game now, do you ever wonder what type of numbers you could have had if you had the current <laughs> rules when you were in the NFL? You know, I, I really don't. I, I know they've changed the game up a little bit and uh, made some things easier on receivers and quarterbacks uh, with you know, not getting late hits and things like that. But I think that's, that, that actually is a, is a good rule. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to go to a game and see their favorite receiver you know, go down or a quarterback go down on an illegal hit. Uh, I, I, you know, that's, just not, that's not part of the game now, and it, it shouldn't have been a part of the game in the past. Uh, and so I'm glad that they made those rules. Uh, to accommodate uh, these players and and really to keep the game uh, on, on a fair basis, uh, but you know, so I, I really don't compare you know what it was like when I played with what what's like today. Uh, you know, it's 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 it is a little bit different game. They throw the ball a heck of a lot more. Uh, the quarterbacks are uh, really the the key component of any offense now. Uh, it's not the running back and you know different things like that. But you know, all in all, it's still a great game. I love watching football today, maybe more today than uh, when I played, just because they throw it more. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's still a really great and fun game to watch. What was the best thing about playing the majority of your career, I guess all of your regular seasons in Seattle? That really was special because uh, I got to play with the same group of guys and the coaches in the front office would alternate certain players at different times. Uh, and that was their prerogative. But uh, for the most part, I, I had a core group of guys that I played most of my career with, and uh, to get to have that relationship with them and with the fans. Uh, you know, the fans in Seattle are just fantastic, uh, and I, I think they're the best fans in the league, um, although there's a lot of good fans in the league. Uh, but I, I think Seattle fans are uh, would rate number one in my book. And, and that was really that, – that made it so much fun just to have them – cheering for you from the minute you drove up to the stadium to play a game and then you come out of the, come out of the, the stadium and they're still cheering you know and it, it was it was just really a fun a fun place to play 
Hall of Fame wide receiver Steve Largent is with us here after hours on CBS Sports Radio. We've never had a receiver earn NFL MVP honors. Uh, we've never had a receiver go over 2,000 yards. Tyreek Hill is well within reach of that number, sitting on now 1,324 yards through 11 games. So, Steve, someone who knows the position inside and out, should a wide receiver be considered for an MVP? Oh, I think he, I think you could, uh, legitimately. But you know, when when uh, when I played, we just didn't throw the ball as much as they do now, and so uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. That the uh, receivers complete such a uh, vital component in any team's offense now, and so I could see a tight end uh, winning that award. I can see receivers winning that award because they're catching so many more balls for so many yards and and touchdowns. So. Uh, they, they've become a more uh, uh, vital component of every team's offense now. Uh, and, and, you know, every team doesn't just have one good receiver. They've got two or three good receivers. Uh, and then they got a couple, a couple of tight ends. So uh, I can see that, you know, receiver, uh, being a receiver today is a much more important role uh, to play than it ever has been in the NFL in the past. Yeah, through this point in the season, we already have five receivers that are over a thousand yards, uh, and Keenan Allen not that far behind Tyreek Hill. Uh, Steve, I'm sure you've gotten this question before, but I'm actually really intrigued to hear your answer. How did playing in the NFL prepare you for a career on Capitol Hill that spanned years? <laughs> well, <laughs> the only thing I could I could see, and and I've often often said was, you know, uh, performing in front of a, a large crowd of people. Uh, was something that I did uh, in, in football and something that I had to do in Congress. Uh, I had to get up and present my ideas or my thoughts or my vote uh, uh, in, in front of a, a, an audience of people, whether that was Congress itself or uh, explaining my vote when I got back home. I think that, uh, that there's a lot of differences. Uh, there's more differences than there are uh, <laughs> things in common with football. But, uh, you know, football was great. It was very competitive, and, and politics was very was a great, not a sport, but a, a great system to be involved with. You know, I just tried to do my best in both positions and uh, give people what I promised uh, when I ran for office or to, you know, perform, on, perform in a game uh, and, and give my team everything I had. Maybe one similarity is that there's not a whole lot of job security. You really are going <laughs> year to year or every two years. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Steve Largent is with us here after our CBS Sports Radio, and we partner with him courtesy of Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund, which was started by Mike Ditka to help players of previous generations. Why is it important to you to be involved with Gridiron Greats, Steve? I really admire Mike Ditka for having put this together uh, so many years ago and uh, being all being behind it totally. And, and I just thought, you know, he's right on point. There, there's so many players that I played with in Seattle uh, that are really hurting, uh, guys that didn't make a lot of money. Uh, I mean, I made $28,000 the first year I played in wow. the NFL. And there's a lot of guys that didn't make that much. And uh, so then they get hurt or, or you know, some have some kind of recurring injury or something like that. And uh, then they're, they're, really, they're really hurting. And uh, some guys, uh, they need medical attention oftentimes. Uh, they, they just need uh, help. 
And so that's what the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund is for, is for those players who didn't make all the money uh, but really were the heart of the, the game. There, there's players from every single team uh, that are walking through this uh, life, and they need help from us. That's what really was the convincing thing for me to be involved with Mike and help raise money uh, for these players that uh, really haven't gotten help from anybody else. I had a conversation with Jerry Rice once in which he said that more people of today's generation knew him for his work on Dancing with the Stars than knew him for his football career, that he would run into more people who recognized him from that TV show. And so it makes me think about some of the players from previous generations that maybe are forgotten, not so much the Hall of Famers and your name and your bust obviously are enshrined in Canton, but there's a lot of rank and file players that did it for a few years and now now it's a distant memory, but as you point out, the impacts can last for a lifetime. Uh, you're, you absolutely are correct, and that that's exactly the type of player that we're looking for and that we want to help is is guys that that feel like they've been ignored or overlooked and uh, and, and really need help. And uh, those, those are the guys that Mike is trying to help and uh, just inform them about. Uh, what's available to them. A lot of times guys don't aren't, aren't aware of the uh, assistance fund, but uh, it's there. He wants to, them to know that and uh, to take advantage of it. Now 15th annual Pork Rind Appreciation Day, and it seems like I come across a lot of Hall of Famers who actually are really into pork rinds. How can fans get involved, Steve? Well, uh, they, they can do just what you said. They can look up the uh, Pork Rind Appreciation Day uh, or the Gridiron Greats. The Gridiron Greats is uh, gridirongreats.org slash donate. And then uh, the Pork Rind Appreciation Day, porkrindappreciationday.com. Uh, and they can find out what we're trying to do. And the fans really, uh, this is a great thing for fans. They have an opportunity to win some great prizes, $5,000, 15 months worth of pork rinds. Nice. Uh, you know, pack the pigskin prize pack uh, and, on gear and uh, rinds and tailgating chef pack and all sorts of different things that they can um, uh, be available to uh, if they just go to that uh, pork rind appreciation day uh, dot com. And it's great, too, because the beneficiaries are so grateful. I run into a lot of former NFL players who say that this has really been a lifesaver when they have to determine, should I buy groceries or should I pay for a doctor's visit? Can I get a ride somewhere? So, yeah, it's a, it's a groundswell type of an effort, and yet here we are. It's 15 annual Pork Rind Appreciation Days. So we're so excited to talk to Steve Largent from the 1995 Hall of Fame class enshrined in Canton, played a lot of years in Seattle, so our Seahawks fan base will enjoy this. Steve, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. It's great to catch up with you. Amy, thanks. Anytime. Steve Largent, latest Hall of Famer to appear here on After Hours. I like what he had to say about the the way that the rules actually do benefit the game. And now as a fan, and, and post Capitol Hill, he doesn't have to be quite as diplomatic. He can say We'd rather watch games in which there's a ton of offense. We'd rather watch games in which you have the ball being chucked up and down the field. Not poorly, not by 10 rookie quarterbacks, not by a bunch of backup QBs. He says they're backups for a reason. But we do like the high-flying trapeze artist, greatest of ease, whatever. I'm so bad with the cliches. We do like the potent 
high-powered, high-octane passing games. That's what the NFL is counting on, that you will pay more attention when there's more offense, which is why they keep tilting the field in favor of the offense with all the rules. However, we're still seeing quarterbacks get injured at an alarming rate, and we're still seeing wide receivers and other skilled players get injured at an alarming rate. That, that really is the danger of the NFL. Some of them are non-contact injuries, but the more you put yourself out there, the more likely it is to happen. Speaking of wide receivers, Tyreek Hill is at it again, and Justin Jefferson's been reactivated finally for the Vikings. What does that mean for the quarterback position? A little bit of something-something to drop into your hump show. Micah Parsons tells you his MVP candidates and also... He's not a fan of Josh Allen. Have you noticed? He really thinks it's unfair that Josh gets more attention than Dak does. That's that's the chip he carries on his shoulder. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hungry for a taste of the most delicious audio of the night? You came to the right place. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Bite Me with Amy Lawrence. Here's Amy Lawrence. As in bite into my burnt and charred and scarred pie and see if your teeth make it out alive. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. This portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Are you stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Tyreek Hill is at it again. He tells the NFL on CBS that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. No, no, he doesn't. But what he does say may, in fact, spark the Chiefs to a nice run and some extra motivation because he's talking about his Dolphins again and comparing them to his former team. We got the perfect team to do it. You know, the way our head coach prepares us each and every week, man, 
um, it's next level. And he keeps each and every one of his guys in tune with the game plan and how we keep attention to detail each and every week. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Like the way we practice, like the way um, we play for one another is is something that I've never seen before in a team. Like I won a Super Bowl and I feel like this is probably the, the better team than when we won a Super Bowl back when I was on KC. Says he's never been on a team like the one he's on right now with the Dolphins where they really care about each other, they play for each other, and he feels like the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl because the team he's on right now is better than the one that rallied from a 10-point deficit against the Niners in the Super Bowl to win back in 2019 with a much younger and less experienced Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> now, you remember last year how, as his parting shot when he joined the Dolphins, he said, the Chiefs will miss me, their offense will decline. Oh, well, to that end, Patrick Mahomes only won the NFL MVP and set a record for most yards ever from scrimmage. Let's go! <laughs> and then went on to earn Super Bowl MVP honors. And they won again. So maybe they'll take this as chalkboard material, yo. Tyreek Hill talking to the NFL on CBS. What that was is, sweet. What is the only thing that can stop the Dolphins, Ty? I say ourselves. You feel me? Um, These past few games, like, we've been turning the ball over. And we can't do that. And it starts with the leaders. It starts with myself. It starts with Tua. It starts with, you know, um, Waddle. It starts with guys like that. Um you know, the star players um, making plays, not turning the ball over, and just being able to convert third downs. If we're able to do that and, you know, keep our defense off the field, we'll be all right. Tyreek Hill sitting down with the NFL on CBS. He likes to talk. So does Micah Parsons. And he's got some choice analysis coming off of week 12 in the NFL. How about his MVP candidates? I wonder if Tyreek Hill's upset that he's not on this list. <laughs> My two quarterbacks, uh, that would be, it would be Dak and Jalen. I think they're playing uh, some of the best football right now. Um, and then outside of them, I think it would be Tyreek Hill. We're talking about non-football. Uh, Tyreek Hill, um, it would be um, a Miles Garrett, uh, or and it will be a uh, Deron Bland, of course. I think them five should be in this MVP conversation, um, point blank period. <laughs> I love how he ends his arguments. That's his version of a mic drop. Point blank, period. Micah Parsons on the Edge podcast. It's his, and we find it very interesting. Uh, he seems to have a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Josh Allen versus Dak Prescott. He has said in the past that he's peeved by the way that Dak is criticized and that he doesn't think it's fair that Dak is leveled with criticism and people come after him for a bad game, but yet not the same for Josh Allen. You'll see him live tweeting during games when the Cowboys aren't playing, and he does seem to take aim at Josh a fair amount. So he was watching Eagles, because of course the Cowboys played on Thursday. He was watching Eagles and Bills on Sunday, and this is his commentary on Buffalo. Is it unfair to blame Josh Allen if the Bills missed the playoffs? Um, Josh did play a very good net game, and this is the type of player that Josh is going to be on a Sunday night game. Anytime it's a big-time game, I think Josh Allen's going to show up. Um, I think there was times where his defense could have got 
uh, bigger stops, uh, bad plays on the ball and things like that, and uh, kind of really bailed them out. Um, Josh Allen's now 0-6 in overtime games, and the Bills have 101-plus point differential. So that means they're in great position. They should be winning games. They shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, under 500 team. They should be, realistically, an uh, 8-3 team like most teams. You know, that that is crazy like the point differential he's playing good ball um i just think the turnovers and the big plays that they're giving up in crucial times is really hurting that team and, and it's painful to see because josh allen yes he his turnovers some of his turnovers are bad but he is playing really good football outside of turnovers just that just the turnovers don't don't worry about that shiny objects attract our attention over here the Edge with Micah Parsons. One more. Now, you may have heard this from Tom Brady. Uh, he's made the comment multiple times over the last two years on his podcast, his radio show, Let's Go on Sirius XM, where he talks about how he's watching a lot of bad football, that the football is mediocre. It certainly makes sense because why? Well, we've seen so many starting quarterbacks go down with injuries. We're talking about 50 different starters this year and 10 rookies, which is a record. So he recently said it again. He thinks the football is mediocre in the NFL, in the league, and Micah agrees with Tom. Tom Brady said there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Without a doubt, 100% agree. The league has went more into the offensive league, and I just don't think it's the same love and protection towards defensive players at that. There's players and there's teams that takes advantage of these rules. A quarterback can run at you full speed one play and give himself up, and then the next time act like he's sliding, or you may think he's about to slide and he could juke out, and you go with the same energy, and you hit him because you don't know if he's fake sliding or he is sliding, fake and sliding. you might get a penalty. And you might get a letter in the mail because you you late hit this quarterback. I just think it's outright ridiculous. Like, you either can hit the guy or you can't. You're playing football at full speed. You're not playing football at 50%. 100% agree on what Tom Brady's saying. I love how he turns it into a commentary about life is not fair for defensive players. <laughs> So he he starts out agreeing with Tom about today's NFL being mediocre and the level of play being me mediocre. Again, it, Tom said this before. This is not a big revelation in the last couple of weeks. Now, Alex Smith took him to task, ripped him for that comment uh, when he was doing his response on ESPN. But Brady's been pretty uh, open about the fact that he thinks some of the NFL that we're watching, even going back to last season when he was in it, that it was relatively mediocre and just bad football. And then Micah, he piggybacks, yes, but here's why. It's because the defensive players are not treated fairly. <laughs> Point blank, period. <laughs> Wait, and how do you say mediocrity? Mediocrity? I think he said mediocrity. It was at the beginning. He should have just stuck with mediocre. I Tom fall into Brady that said, trap there's too. There's a lot of mediocrity and mediocrity. It's a new word. I like it. Brady I mean, saying, there's a lot of mediocrity. <laughs> mediocrity. Mediocrity. Seriously, my favorite podcast. Sorry, Tom. Micah Parsons on the edge. Point blank. Period. <laughs> All right, coming up, your chance to ask Amy anything. And if you have any questions about the wedding, that's being preserved. Those are being preserved for the latest edition of Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle. It's the new video we'll put up on our YouTube channel when this week is done. After our CBS on Twitter, on our Facebook page too, hurry because producer Jay is about to close up shop. And he's... 
adding his list of questions. Always like Santa. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Frank Perry. Here's <laughs> you are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. Hit me with your best shot. Legitimate editions of Ask Amy Anything before the end of the year. Two more that are live. We will have one video version of Ask Amy Anything. So if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you want to do it now. We These are our most popular videos. We do a couple a year, and people love the video versions of Ask Amy. The final one of 23 will be a combination holiday, and Ask Amy walks down the aisle because you're still asking wedding questions. And yes, we are now just two and a half weeks away from the nuptials. So no wedding questions on this edition, producer Jay tells me. By the way, if you, because some of you are asking, what happened with the pie? If you missed it, it's hour three of the podcast from... Monday night into Tuesday morning. So I can share that link if you really need to hear the story again. You all are dying. My baking cred, it may have crumbled. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jay, let's go. Rerack. That was, that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, so Jay yeah. likes my humor. No wedding That's questions. why I allow him to work on the show. Just kidding. <laughs> and this edition. So we're going to save those. We got some really good ones that came in, though. And so thank okay. you for that. More wedding questions. Man, it never ends. Are we going to run out of recording time on Zoom again? <laughs> we might with all the good questions that are coming in, <laughs> but hopefully not. All right. We'll start here, though, because I'm not sure about the rest of the country, but here in the Northeast, the weather is plummeting. The, the temperatures. The temperatures, yeah. And it's officially winter now. So this comes from Brian, who asks, growing up in the Northeast, what was your favorite time of the year? Oh, see, I love winter. I love cold. We had a log cabin with fireplace and kerosene heaters. Uh, that was when I was younger uh, in elementary school. But uh, we lived out in the woods. I'm a big fan of winter. I love snow. If I could pick any seasonal change that is my favorite, it's getting colder temps, more blankets on the bed, uh, looking forward to snow and boots and scarves. And, and I love knit hats. Uh, or as, as some people call them toboggans. I just, I'm a big fan of winter. So as much as people can, you know, complain about the snow, I'll take it every time. I'm the girl who prays for snow. So yes, that came from being a good New Hampshire girl. All right, we get one holiday theme in here to tease. Oh, okay. I actually know the answer to the second part of this one, but 
Daryl wants to know, do you like Christmas music? And if so, what's your favorite song? Oh, my gosh. I introduced Bob and his family to my favorite Christmas song when I was there last weekend. Are you going to play it or am I going to be singing it for you? (laughs) I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. All right, all right, all right. Stop stealing my thunder. That is my favorite Christmas song. Yes, I like Christmas music. Actually, my favorite body of work is Handel's Messiah. And so I listen to that a lot during the Christmas season. I've seen it live, performed in many different places like Washington, D.C. and the Kennedy Center last year with my family. So I do love it. I haven't broken it out yet, but maybe this weekend because I have to do a little decorating. Love this one that comes from Mike. He asks, how has the new washing machine been working (gasps) for you? Very well. Thank you. It's actually a bigger drum than the previous one, and it's so smooth and I don't have to worry about any type of malfunction because it's no longer an ancient artifact. My old one was discontinued uh, before 2008. So yeah, I really like it a lot. Now I haven't, uh, there's been no leaking, so that's good. I haven't been able to leave it and walk away because the dryer is not bracketed onto the washer, so it's not a match set. So they're stacked, but it's not mm-hmm. a match set. So I'm a little careful about running the washer and not standing in the kitchen and, and kind of hanging out because I'm worried that the, if it agitates too much, the dryer may fall off. So that's why I haven't let my dog sitter use the washer. She uses my house to do laundry when she's over. But I've, I've just been a little nervous about that part. But so far, so good. The dryer's not even really moving on top. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, this comes from David. Let's get to some food questions. That's what here. I bought myself for Christmas was a washer. What a good gift. <laughs> uh, David wants to know, do you prefer your cookies to be soft or have a bit of crunch to them? Well, Jay, would you like to answer that question for me? How I do I prefer my cookies? Soft. Mm, soft on the inside, a little crunchier on the outside, but yes. Well, I mean, I, don't get me started on the on the brownie the cookies. The double chocolate brownie cookies. Brownie on the outside, or brownie on the inside, cookie on the outside. I don't even know how you yes. do that still. So I really do enjoy softer cookies myself. Uh, and, and then you can warm them up if you prefer them that way. Uh, you can put it with ice cream too. But yeah, I prefer the softer cookies. Sometimes when I'm having a really good baking day, not when I set things on fire, but when I'm having a good baking sesh, well then... It's crunchier on the outside, the outer rim, and it's soft on the inside. And that's what Jay's talking about, the double chocolate brownie cookies that they're a masterpiece. I will say that. <laughs> masterpiece. I'm taking them for the wedding. You know, we have a cookie bar at the wedding, so I will be making double chocolate brownie cookies. Those those are like my favorite things I've ever had in this Oh, okay. World. Well, maybe, just maybe, I will save a few for you, plus a cupcake that will be to die for. Oh, my gosh. Spoiling me. Mm-hmm. All right, more food. Andy wants to know, what's your favorite comfort food? Ugh, I do love pasta. I love pasta with a spicy arabiata sauce, a spicy marinara. Put some meat, some Italian meatballs in there, mushrooms. Ugh. So that is one of my favorites. I don't eat pasta as much anymore uh, just because I try to limit some of my carbs, but I do love a gigantic bowl of pasta. And if we're really getting crazy, shrimp. Shrimp and mushrooms and maybe some peas and some pasta. Um, I also love lobster. I don't make it very often, but I do love lobster. Who doesn't love prime rib? These are also my favorites. If you're talking like, hey, I need something uh, just as a comfort food, Like, for instance, it's really cold this week in my neighborhood. I am going to make chili on Wednesday evening. So that I guess that would be a comfort food. Chili with some leftover cornbread. 
Nice. Uh, Jim Bob wants to know, do you like Jim Bob. do you like leftover pizza? I like leftover anything, really, unless it goes bad. Uh, but yes, I do like leftover pizza. And I will cop to this. I've actually eaten it for breakfast before. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, David asks, do you sleep with your socks on? If my feet are cold initially, maybe I'll leave them on uh, when I climb into bed. Again, this time of the year, my heat is on, but it stays at 64, 65 when I'm sleeping because I sleep better in the cold. And so I pile up the blanket. So, yes, if my feet are cold when I first go to bed, I will keep the socks on. But I, I get hot when I sleep. And so I always end up kicking them off or taking them off and wake up and throw off the covers and all that jazz. I do shed the socks. Yes, I never make it all the way through a night or day with the socks on. Another one about socks, not from the same person, which is interesting. Uh, (laughs) Eric wants to know, do you put your right sock or left sock on first? Yes. Sometimes I put the left on first. Sometimes I put the right on first. I don't do the same. I don't put the same shoe on first every time. No. He wanted to know. Huh. Uh, this comes from. Would that be OCD if I put the same sock on every? Like, I will tell you this: I always put the right contact in my eye first before the left one. Is there a reason? Or yeah, just... because the right eye is far, far more nearsighted, mm. and so if I put the left contact in first, it's very, it's, it's um, kind of whacks me out. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if I put the right one in with no left one, I can actually see okay. But if you put the left one in first, the the room can spin. Yeah, it's so a little a weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this comes from uh, Rich, who wants to know, have you ever had a tire swing at any point in your life? Wow. Uh, not at my own house, no. Have I been on a tire swing? Sure, at summer camp uh, or at church camp where they would have a tire swing that's kind of hanging out over a river, and you would swing on the tire and then drop nice. into the water, but not ever at my own place, no. Dennis wants to know, do you still have any of your childhood toys? Oh, my gosh. I actually do have a few. Uh, For instance, my mom gave me a stuffed bunny when I was seven or eight years old. Her name is Daisy. Oh, like Bob's dog, actually. Her name, I wonder if that was prophetic. Her name is Daisy, and she's, yeah, she's rabbit-eared now, uh, but I still have her. She was an Easter gift, and I still have her. Um, I also have a Pooh Bear that was given to me when I was in high school. And my mom gave me a very large, squishy, it's a giant stuffed bear. His name is Brewster. I mean, you wrap your arms around him and hug him. When I went away to college, I went away for, you know, a 10-hour drive, and we only had one car. And my brother was still in high school. So my mom, I saw her once at, at Christmas time. That was it, my entire freshman year. So she sent this bear with me as comfort when I went away for the first time. So those are mostly stuffed animals. I do love stuffed animals. Um, I have a couple of my horse figurines that I, they're packed away. Uh, I wish I still had my strawberry shortcake dolls because those puppies are worth money now. Sell those, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This comes from Nicole. Since we mentioned Daisy before and Bob's dog, Nicole straight up just asked, how's Penny? Penny is, well, she's happy because she loves the cold. It's her favorite thing. She's slower than molasses. It now takes us at least 15 minutes to walk around the block. So sometimes I have obligations, calls, whatever. I have to leave 15 minutes for that dog to get around the block. But she's good. She still goes up and down the stairs three, four times a day. Uh, She ate the cat food recently, so she's still got a healthy appetite. Every health condition under the book, but the dog is 14 and, and growing. All right, I think we could end here with some rapid fire. Trivia night or board game night? Ooh, I'll go board game night. I love trivia, though. Fresh juice or smoothie? Smoothie. Tacos or burrito? 
tacos. Computer or cell phone? If it's a laptop, I'll go laptop. T-shirt or sweaters? Mmm, sweaters. Balcony or terrace? Oh, balcony because you're up where people can't see you or they can't get to you. Crust or no crust? No crust. Thunder or lightning? Thunder. Give a speech or write a paper? Give a speech. Lays or Doritos? <laughs> Can they be ruffled lays? Sure. All right, ruffled lays. Last one. Micah Parsons, The Edge, or the Kelsey Brothers, New Heights podcast? Oh, Micah, give me Micah! <laughs> it's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.